Good morning, Crossbridge. It's great to be with you this morning. What a wonderful series that you've entered into, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Will you join me in a word of prayer as we open up God's word together? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather and worship, whether we are physically at a church building or at our homes watching on a screen. We are in community. We're seeking to glorify your name and praise you for your goodness to us in Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to worship together. And as you lead this time in your word, we ask that you be glorified. Thank you so much for the power of your word that we can see ourselves and see how we fit into your story. And so we thank you, God, for the opportunity now to look into your word. And as we do so, we ask that you would help us to see uh, the areas where we are near and obedient in the ways that we are following you and to be circumspect and to think about some of the areas where we may be falling short of the things that we as followers of Jesus need to be thinking more closely about. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. May you alone receive all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This morning, the passage uh, for our consideration that God is wanting us to look into comes from James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Let me read for us now. James writes, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Years ago, I was at the mirror looking at myself as I was watching my son, my oldest son, Ryan at the time, brush his teeth. And I was trying to give him some encouragement and instruction as a three-year-old, or I can't remember exactly how old he was, probably three or four years old. And he was vigorously brushing his teeth, looking in the mirror. And I said, good job, Ryan. Uh, make sure you get all your teeth and, and clean nicely. You don't have to brush so hard. You can do it nice and gentle, but make sure that you get all your teeth, go inside, outside, up and down. Make sure you get all your teeth cleaned. And he looked over at me and he asked, Dad, do you brush your teeth? And I said, sure, I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth at least twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And then he proceeded to say, to my chagrin, 
then why are your teeth so yellow? Oh, Ryan, my, my teeth aren't yellow. My teeth are, are white. They're just a little bit off-white. And then he said, no, no, Dad, if you look closely in the mirror, you're going to see that your teeth are yellow. So that must mean that you don't brush your teeth. And as I, as I went to look into that mirror, like the mirror that's above my head right now, as I looked closely in, my son Ryan was right. My teeth are yellow. They have been yellow for a very long time because I love coffee so much. And because of that, I tend not to smile with my mouth open. For many of us, looking in the mirror and seeing who we really are can be a painful experience. And sometimes as we think about what it looks like to see our own condition, the human condition of sin and depravity, uh, as you're going through this wonderful series, uh, I commend you as you're exploring uh, biblical basis for diversity, equality, and inclusion. Uh, I've been tasked with the second part of the equation, which is creation, fall, redemption, consummation. And I've been tasked with looking at James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, looking at the condition of alienation. And for some of us, as we think about our Christian journeys, it's really hard to see ourselves in the mirror. It's, it's a painful thing, perhaps. Uh, looking at some of the things that is going, uh, that are happening in our world, the things that are happening in our world are so dark right now. Uh, the condition of the human heart, where we see all kinds of uh, abuses and misuses of social media and Christians slandering one another in the name of being right. Uh, we are in a difficult situation and we are living through some very challenging times. As we look at James chapter four, we get a glimpse again into the condition of the human heart. And so that's where we'll be spending our time together this morning. The first thing that James talks about here as we look at this passage is he's first of all setting up the context, which the context immediately before the text we just read was James chapter 3 verse 18. And let me remind us what he had just written to the diaspora. He writes, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. His first instruction prior to our text was talking about the importance of believers being in peace with one another, to pursue peace as a form of righteousness. And I wonder how many of us these days in our political climate, we sense that tension. We, we sense the fact that in the world, uh, there is chaos politically, economically, racially, there's so many different tensions that we are living with today. And so it's not a surprise that even in the biblical world, in, in James's day, uh, peace and having peace with others was a difficult thing to come by. And then he gets into our passage and he begins with this poignant question. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, he could have gone in many different directions here and he could have said, uh, you know, isn't it, isn't it other people's fault? Isn't it uh, the conflict is always elsewhere, right? It's always someone else's issue. 
and we have to just live with the consequences of that. But no, he, he asked that question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And then he doesn't give us a break. He, he leads right into his answer with a question. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? James is telling us that the cause, the, the reason for conflict, oftentimes in the Christian life and with other believers, is our own desires. That is the problem. The, the problem is not elsewhere. It's not over there. Uh, the problem, he says, for many times in conflict, the, the conflict's in here, inside of us. It is our desire that causes and produces conflict and quarreling among believers. Uh, the word for desire here is the word hedonon in the Greek, and uh, you probably have heard uh, a word called hedonism. Uh, the, the modern way of uh, saying uh, hedon, hedonon. And as we think about uh, desires, uh, the, the word hedonism really gets at the desire for pleasure. And for non-believers and Christians alike, maybe that is part of our condition that we have been pursuing our own desires, our own uh, pursuits, our own pleasures, and sometimes even to the exclusion of what God is asking of us as, as followers of Christ. And so the message here today is titled, uh, The Emptiness in Following Jesus. The Emptiness in Following Jesus. And uh, I want to get to what I mean by that in a moment. But as James is getting at the core of what it means to look into the mirror of our souls. The first question he asks is, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So my question to us is, for me and for you, as we think about alienation and perhaps alienating others and our own feelings of alienation and marginalization, what are some of the things that we are struggling with in our own desire? What are we pursuing? What are some of our passions? What are, what are our pleasures that might be obstacles for us as believers to love others and love one another? He goes on in verse 2 and he says, you want something but don't get it. How many of us have wanted something but have not received it or gotten what we wanted? He continues, you kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. The desires, the unhealthy desires, the ungodly desires are the things, the very things that cause us to have disruption and disharmony with fellow believers in Christ. I'm reminded here of Genesis chapter 4, where we see the first encounter with sibling rivalry, but the, the core of that scenario between Cain and Abel was that God preferred Abel's sacrifice and offering over Cain's. And Cain couldn't live with that. His desire was to be first. He wanted to be given the accolades from God. He wanted God to tell him that his offering was great and acceptable and what he wanted. 
but he couldn't deal with the fact that God actually preferred Abel's sacrifice because he had given the, the first fruit of, of his flock, the best of his flock. And I wonder how many of us, as we think about others, and when we, when we think about their lives, the, the desire of a heart consumes us. And in that horrific incident uh, moment where, where Cain cannot live with the fact that Abel, his, his brother, has been received uh, more positively, more favorably from God the Father, that he takes his very brother's life. The desires, you, he wanted something, but he didn't get it. Uh, this, in our modern day culture, uh, has various ramifications as we look in the wider world. Uh, the, the plots that happen when uh, I don't get what I want, I, I, I take it out on others. Uh, the, the plots that happen even in college settings where uh, students steal each other's homework or, or change each other's exams uh, for the sake of getting ahead in life. Uh, we see this in the business world where people uh, cheat and, and steal and, and give uh, false testimony against their coworker because they want to get ahead. They want something but can't have it. And so they take it into their own hands. And, and this is what is causing the conflict. The conflict is not out there. Uh, I have to look in the mirror today and say, maybe the conflict's inside of me. What am I desiring today? Now, sometimes there are good conflicts and, and there are good desires. Um, growing up as a Korean American, uh, one of the things that I, I was taught really well was from my parents how to be generous. And uh, I, I saw them uh, as very generous people, as Christians, as, as people, as elders in the church, as leaders. And oftentimes I would see my parents whenever they had friends um, and, and had them over for a meal or if they uh, went to a restaurant there was always this epic battle between uh, one, one, uh, my parents and, and, and the other uh, guests who were with them uh, when it came to paying for the bill. And I don't know if you've ever actually seen this tussle, uh, this battle that happens uh, between two different parties who really wanna pay for the meal and be generous. Uh, it is absolutely mortifying and, 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 and embarrassing to, to be in the setting because uh, each person is grabbing uh, uh, for the attention of, of the server, uh, wanting to give their credit card or cash, and, and, and there's this tussle, there's this actual physical battle happening uh, between parties who want to be generous, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good conflict. Uh, that's a good desire to be generous, and, and it's very embarrassing for the kids who are on the side saying, oh, I don't want to be seen here in this restaurant with my parents because they're, they're fighting over who's paying the bill. That's not what James is talking about here. He's talking about those desires that overtake us, that consume us, the, the desire for pride, the desire for ambition, uh, selfish ambition, the desire for getting ahead, the desire for public affirmation of Christian sacrifice, the desire for um, being, being labeled a leader or, or the, the pursuit of leadership in, in ungodly ways, whatever it is. So the question for me today is, what am I desiring? But not only that, he continues, he says uh, in verse two, you quarrel and fight, you do not have because you do not ask God. And as we think about our desires, uh, 
uh, a lot of times our desires are selfish and we don't ask God what he wants. And, and that's what James is getting at here. He says, when, when you ask in verse three, you do not receive because you ask uh, with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Uh, this is a desire that has nothing to do with what God wants. It's a, a desire that lacks consultation of God, a desire where God is not even part of the picture. Uh, this is a, a Christian who is pursuing selfish ambition, irrespective of what God wants in his or her life. And as we think about alienation and inclusion and diversity and equality, this is where God is challenging the believer today to think through, are the motives of your heart to bless others? Are the motives of your heart to uh, care for those who are the least of these? Are your motivations in life the pursuit of wealth and uh, health and the things that uh, all people desire? What are the reasons for those motivations? Is it to bless others? Is it to help others get ahead? Is it for others to be blessed? And this desire uh, that uh, James is referring to is, is getting at the core of the human heart. He, he's saying, when you ask God, when you pray, what are you asking for? And are you asking for the things that God is wanting you to ask? James has uh, a nickname uh, back in that day, and his nickname was Camel Knees. He had prayed so much uh, in the temple that his knees had gotten calloused, hard. They were thick and coarse. Uh, he was a man of prayer, a, a, a man deeply uh, saturated in prayer. That was his lifestyle. That was his uh, lifeline to pray to God. And so it's right for him naturally to instruct believers on this issue of prayer. When you ask God, when you pray, what are you praying for? Uh, are you praying what Jesus prayed, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not um, my kingdom come, my will be done. And as we think about the church context, uh, what are we praying for these days? What are you and I praying for? Um, when was the last time I prayed for someone who was a, of a different race or ethnicity from me? Uh, when was I uh, in relationship with someone of a different race or ethnicity? Uh, or someone who is simply different from me? Uh, I want to challenge us to consider what are we asking God for these days? Is uh, the pandemic causing us to be so inward focused that we've forgotten that the Christian life is about others? And, and this gets to the, the, the title of my message, which is the emptiness in following Jesus. Uh, it's not an emptiness that I'm talking about in terms of uh, being hollow or uh, lacking satisfaction in Jesus and following Jesus. No, uh, the emptiness is emptying our desires and our will so that I can actually see the needs of others, that I can look in the mirror, but not just look at it facing myself, but I can broadcast that mirror out into the world to see the needs of others. What are their needs? What are their desires? How can I be a blessing to them, those who are different from me, those who are marginalized, uh, 
for those of us in, in the Asian American context, uh, whether you're Chinese American or another uh, ethnicity, uh, we have faced various hardships on our own. Um, well, we are going through a time of trial uh, with, with the COVID-19 crisis and, and the various labels and names uh, of that virus. And uh, for me personally, I've been going through a very hard season. Um, when, the, when the shutdown happened, I took my kids out for a walk and I can't tell you how many dirty looks I've gotten uh, over these last several months uh, from, from various folks. Um, and I've had a really hard time and uh, it's caused me to become insular in my thinking. It's caused me to at times be negative. Uh, at times I wonder why did God create me Asian in this, knowing that in this season, it'd be very hard for us. Uh, so it's easy for me uh, to think about myself and, and, and what I'm going through, my hardships, my pain, uh, my feeling like I can't go for a walk with my kids anymore. And I actually have not gone on a walk since that moment several months ago because I don't feel safe anymore. But I think about those of our friends who are African-American and, and Latino uh, and Latina. How are, how are they experiencing life these days? Uh, how are they feeling marginalized? How are they uh, fearful uh, of their very existence? Uh, we think of Ahmaud Arbery just going for a run. Uh, we think of George Floyd. Uh, we think of Breonna Taylor. Uh, these are people who um, did not deserve to die in these ways. How as Asian American Christians can we love those who are different from us, how can we empty ourselves, our pursuits, our desires for comfort and, 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 and the ability to just uh, be a Christian in a comfortable way, in a comfortable manner? Jesus calls us to a lifestyle of utter devotion, of emptying ourselves. He modeled that for us. When he washed his disciples' feet, he modeled that for us every time he sacrificed for them. He modeled for them what it meant to die on the cross as he emptied himself completely to the Father's will. That's the type of emptying that James is referring to here when he says that our desires, we ask with the wrong motives so that I might spend everything on myself. And one of the challenges I wanna ask of us today is not just financially, maybe is the bigger issue is my time. And am I becoming so insular in my own family, uh, whether it's my taking care of my kids or uh, aging parents, and, and those are good things, but am I so insular, am I so in my own little world that I've, I've lost sight of caring for others? I've lost sight of seeing the need around me, that, I, that my hedonon, my, my desire has been about myself and taking care of me and what I want, my pursuits, my dreams. Notice here that he continues and he says uh, in verse four, he, he tells us that our desires can actually make us the very enemies of God. And he doesn't mince words here. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That, that word stings, enemy of God, enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? 
The Spirit dwells inside of us. The Spirit is wanting us to, uh, to be friends with God. And to be a friend of God means to love the things that God loves and to hate the things that God hates. Uh, to pursue friendship with the world means that we are the very enemy of God. And how do we do that as Christians? We become enemies of God when we live apart from God. I want to challenge us. Are we living a Christian life without God? Are we lacking in prayer? Are we lacking in commun communion with God, fellowship with God? Are we lacking in uh, the ability to uh, read our, our Bibles? Maybe that's been very hard for us these several months. Maybe the last thing you want to do is, is open up God's word and, and to know and be filled and saturated with the things of God. And what does God want? And, and how is God uh, wanting me to participate in, in my Christian life in the world? Uh, these, are, these are real uh, struggles. And he says that if we are pursuing friendship with the world, then we become his enemies. Uh, I want to encourage myself and, and all of us to take a moment to think about um, this issue of comparison. Uh, when we think about the, the world and friendship with the world, I think one of the things that comes to my mind in terms of application and implication of this teaching that James is providing for us that our desires make us the enemy of God is that when we pursue friendship with the world, what that means oftentimes is that I'm going to be pursuing the things that other people are pursuing. I want what she has. I want what he has. I want more than what they have. Maybe I feel a sense of entitlement. Maybe I, I, I sense in my own spirit that I deserve this because I've been working so hard. I've actually been working more hours during the pandemic than I was before. Uh, we have all kinds of reasons why we pursue friendship with the world. Maybe I want uh, the next promotion. I want the next higher up position. I want that corner office. I want more. I want more salary. I want more vacation time. Uh, I'm, I'm so focused on the material, tangible, consumeristic part of life that I, I've started to envy others. Maybe, maybe my spirit is uh, of a spirit of comparison. God, why are you blessing him or her and their family more than mine and me? Um, President Roosevelt was credited, um, Theodore Roosevelt was credited for saying comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And I've been thinking about my own Christian life and, and God has blessed me richly and, and I'm very thankful for all the different ways that God has blessed me as, as well as he has blessed me with various hardships that I've shared uh, some of those things with you all. How are you doing today in terms of this issue of friendship with the world? How are you doing in church life as you relate to other believers in Christ? Has it been hard? Has it been a struggle to love our neighbors, to love uh, even those at Crossbridge, let alone people outside of the, the Christian community? How are we doing today? How are you doing? Are you a friend of God or are we an enemy of God? What are we pursuing today? Uh, the good news, uh, as we come to uh, a close in this passage, is that the good news is that God is a God of mercy and grace. And he tells us in this last part, but he gives us more grace. 
yes, there has been this mirror pointed in my face this whole message and I'm thinking, uh, when is Matt going to stop shining this mirror uh, on my face and I'm getting blinded by the, the reflection of the light. Maybe that's what God is calling us to be and to do today is to sit with that, to sit with that mirror and see the blemishes, to see the, the, the wrinkles and the sunspots. Maybe God is helping us see some of the areas of my own life where I've lost focus and that my desires have been about me. My time is about me. My resources are about me. And I've lost sight in this pandemic of out there, what's happening out there. But there's hope today. Why? Because in verse six, it says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Jesus is our model. Jesus showed us in a physical demonstration in, in John chapter 13 by washing his disciples' feet that he completely emptied himself, that he took a basin and a towel and washed his disciples' feet. He, he didn't allow the, the imminent moment of him being crucified on the cross to lose sight of the fact that he came to serve, he came to love, he came to empty himself so that he could care for his disciples and for those who are following him. It's not easy to follow Jesus. It's not easy to follow Jesus today in our culture. It's a tough time. We are alienated from each other. We are alienated uh, even physically, not even being able to worship with each other or be in small groups together. But may that not deter us from pursuing humility. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. May we pursue humility. May we pursue emptiness and emptying of ourselves so that I might be able to see those around me in a, in a more real, tangible way and to meet their needs. How are we doing today? How are you and I doing today? Maybe, maybe the desires, the, the hedonon that we're pursuing have been about my own pleasures, my own vacations, my own uh, well-being, which is a good thing. But beyond our own well-being, how am I pursuing the desires of God? Am I asking God? Am I spending time with God in prayer? Am I communing with him so that I know his heart, so that I might go into the world to share his love? Emptying of ourselves. Empty myself. May that be your prayer this week. I want to challenge you uh, to pray this prayer with me. And that's, Lord, please empty me so that I can love you and love others. Lord, empty me so that I can love you and love others. May that be the desire of your heart this week. May that be my desire. May we empty ourselves so that we can love God and love others. Thank you so much in joining in this word. May, may it bring you a sense of uh, purpose, uh, focus, enjoyment, pleasure as you pursue the things of God. And whatever that looks like for you in your life this week, go for it. Maybe it's spending time with uh, someone that you haven't been able to reach out to. Maybe it's loving our neighbor or a coworker somehow. Uh, maybe it's reaching out to our family member that we've lost touch with. Whoever it is, maybe it's even someone at Crossbridge. Uh, 
pray this week with me that God would open up our spiritual eyes to desire what he desires uh, so that ultimately we might empty ourselves so that we can love God and love others. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you, God, that you are a God who loves us and cares for us and you pursue us in ways that we never imagined. And as we are going through this difficult season of the, the pandemic and, and COVID-19 crisis, we ask that you would comfort us. Many of us are going through a real hard time and I recognize that. And even in my own life, I sense uh, a depletion of energy, uh, a depletion of focus, uh, the inability to concentrate on the things of eternal value. Uh, I pray, God, that you would open up our hearts and minds to see uh, the areas of our life where we have been pursuing our own selfish ambition, that the desires of our hearts have not been uh, what you have called us to, to think about and, and pursue. So, Father, forgive us, Lord, for the ways that we have lost sight of our, our Christian mission. We've lost sight of the gospel. We've lost sight of uh, caring for those who are different from us and, and those who uh, are alienated. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us, God, in our uh, relationships, that you would build us up into people uh, who empty ourselves so that we can actually love others. Because when I'm consumed with myself, there's no room or space to consider what you want or what others need as well. So, Father, help us today. We give you all the glory and we thank you for this time together. Be glorified in our lives this week as we pursue your desires. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.